Welcome to Take Two Radio. We are pleased to bring you interviews with people in the entertainment and music industry, discussions and recaps of the four remaining daytime soaps, that's The Bold and the Beautiful, The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, and Days of Our Lives, as well as various other shows. For upcoming and previous shows, check Take2Radio.com, that's with the number two, and you can find us on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and other streaming apps. Follow us on social media at Take2Radio, and thanks for listening. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Take Two Radio Soaps and Review. I'm Pam, your host, and joining me tonight as my co-hosts are Carolyn, Anthony, and that's it. Everybody else left me. Oh, no, I'm back now. <laughs> Hi, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Candace will be joining in a little, a little bit for the soap portion. Um, so what do you guys think of the new intro? I like they should it. Hire you, they should hire you instead of the English lady. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I hear yeah, that music, though, so I think showdown in Horton Square. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> yeah. It's got a very Western feel to it. I think to myself, like, meet me at high noon and dual pistol, you know, dueling pistols. Oh, really? Oh, okay. I never realized that. That's funny. But I wanted to surprise you guys tonight, so that's why I didn't tell you about the new intro. I let David hear it. Yeah, thank you. I let David hear it because I knew he wasn't going to be here tonight. But, anyways, today we're super excited because we have guests. Right, Clue? Right, (laughs) Clue? We've got our men of the lake. <laughs> and well, tonight we're quiet. welcoming <laughs> we're welcoming daytime winning actor, executive producer, and writer Michael Caruso, and award winning actor, executive producer Kyle Lauder. They're here to talk about their Emmy nominated Amazon series Ladies of the Lake and season two Ladies of the Lake Return to Avalon. So welcome, Michael and Kyle. Hello, how are you? Hello, thank you so much. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us. We know you guys are super busy all the time, and uh, we appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Well, we're very grateful that you guys invited us on the show to talk about our show. Excellent, yes. Yes. Agreed, thank you. Yes. We're all salivating, waiting for, you know, what, five more days now, June 19th? Yeah. Absolutely. Don't even say that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, why don't we start out with Michael giving a recap for our listeners of Season 1. Okay. Season one of Ladies of the Lake was based on the novel that was written by Ken Corday. Ken is, of course, the executive producer of Days of Our Lives, which airs on NBC. And basically, it's a story about a group of very wealthy, very privileged women that live in an exclusive gated community called Avalon. And they're all married to very not nice men. And one by one, 
bad things start happening to each of their husbands and the women kind of uh, begin to form a closer bond with each other and they try to assist each other in these endeavors. And uh, it's kind of a really fun hybrid of a soap opera and a murder mystery. It's totally awesome. All you listeners out there who haven't seen season one yet, go to Amazon and watch it. I promise you will not be sorry. Even if you're not a soap opera watcher, I mean, this is worth watching every single minute. It has you on your toes, and you can't wait to see what the next scene is going to be. You're very sweet. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's really cool. (laughs) So what makes you excited about season two, Michael? I think in season two, uh, we, we Kyle and I sat down and we did what most producers typically do from one season to the next. We take a look at what worked and what didn't, what could we, what did we love about what we did and what could we do better. And I think that one of the things that Kyle and I both agreed on is that we wanted to really pick up the pace of the show. We wanted to move fast, a little darker, a little edgier a little sexier, um, you know, because the first season was, was so distinctly based on There wasn't a lot of creative leeway in the sense of, you know, there were certain things that happened and they had to happen in the show. So there was no sequel written for the book. So, so Ken was, was generous enough to just say, go with it. And so, you know, we took the characters in a very different direction and we posed the question, you know, now that all of these women's play, um, what are they like now? And will they get away with what they did? And, and I think we both agreed that you can't just do what these ladies did and just, you know, have no ramifications or repercussions for it. So that's really what season two is all about. And of course we introduced Ari at the end of season one, and she is a major, major, major Ari Zuko for anybody out there who hasn't seen the first show. Um, she played Nicole. Played Nicole on Days of Our Lives. Um, she, you know, she's a major part of season two. So it's, it's really just about the fallout from season one. And so it's, it's three episodes this season. We decided to, we filmed four episodes, but we edited it down to three because we really wanted to make sure it's like a machine gun shooting when you watch it. It's really fast paced. So uh, yeah, yeah, we're really excited about that. We're really excited about the creative changes because I think we're bringing you a better show this season. How long is each episode going to be? Uh, almost a half an hour. Oh, cool. Good, good. Um, one question I have is, I think the most gruesome, let's say, accident was the garage one. (laughs) How do you (laughs) film something? (laughs) I don't want to give away too much, but how do you film something like that to get it just right? Because we know heads really don't, didn't roll, you know? (laughs) We have some logistical issues with that because, you know, that that is taken straight from the book. Um, I think we all know that, that, you know, for all the garage door makers of America out there, it's it's pretty impossible to be decapitated by a garage door. Um, <laughs> there were certain versions of the script uh, that were a little more graphic than others. But, um, you know, Sonia Blanchardo, who is our wonderful Emmy winning director. Uh, she came up with very clever shots. And nobody, Wally Crick was never in danger of losing his head. 
we we did a lot of trick photography to to make it look worse than it really was. And there was one version that we shot and, and uh, we added blood to the garage door and then we rewatched it. And we were like, no, 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 this is too much. So we removed the blood from the garage door. <laughs> yeah, it's not a horror movie. As graphic as it was, you yeah. kind of got like the G-rated version of what it could have been. Right, exactly. It was still bad enough, but, you know, <laughs> with the blood, yeah, that would have made it a little bit more gory. But it was, yeah. it was all the scenes were perfect to me, and, and, you know, you were talking about making changes to see how you could do something better, and, you know, it's hard for me to imagine it being better than what it already was, so kudos to you guys. Well, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, Kyle, was this your first producing job? It was. Um, definitely was. You know, I I spent a, a couple years um, working and living uh, in Las Vegas and New York, um, kind of building upon my career and doing new things, um, wanting to do some theater and work with different directors and new material and things like that after spending, you know, a good almost 13 years, um, you know, on Days of Our Lives and The Bold and the Beautiful in that genre. And when I got back to L.A. after that um, kind of, you know, tour of different work and working with different people, one of the things that I really wanted to do was was learn more about the business that I, that I love so much, meaning, you know, not just working in front of the camera, but behind it and that, you know, and everything that that entails, um, because I just love this business that I, you know, I'm so privileged to work in. And I just, I wanted to learn every facet about it and work in every facet about it. Because I also think, you know, I'll get to this, but it also has made me a better actor in the sense that I know, you know, understanding the entire process really helps me have an appreciation for, you know, an entire project, you know, on the set, again, both in front of and behind the camera. So when I got back, to LA, I was working with um, Ken Corday, as Michael said before, the owner and executive producer of Days of Our Lives, and I was working with him on another project, and that's when he handed me this book that he had just uh, written. And I, I've said this before; it was kind of funny. You know, I opened the book, and right on the front page there, he had autographed it to me, and he said, "Dear Kyle, don't take this book too seriously. Love, Ken." And I think that's hilarious. That's exactly what I did, and I read it, and. The long and the short of it is that I, as I was reading it, I just, I, I kept seeing it on screen. I, I was just kind of like, this is a fun, you know, a, a fun summertime poolside, you know, read. But I kept seeing it, you know, like I said, like in, in, in like a television show type format. It was just, you know, it was that kind of exciting. So I, I, I called up and I said, you know, have you ever thought about developing this for screen, you know, a mini series or a series or a TV movie or anything like that? And, <laughs> Again, long story short, he was like, um, not really, let's talk about it. And it, it gave me an opportunity to, you know, to develop something for the first time in my career. And, you know, my first phone call, to be honest with you, after I kind of thought about how this was going to come about, was Michael Caruso. Michael and I have been friends for 20 years now. We went to college together. And, um, you know, Michael, I had watched his, you know, his, his career and he was getting Emmy nominations for, you know, his first two series and the vanity and Winterthorne, And he would just, you know, not only is he my friend and, and ridiculously talented, but he's also, uh, at the time was also so, in my opinion, you know, more than qualified to, you know, to produce something like this because of the content. 
So I called him up and we got together and I said, let's do this. And we came up with a, you know, kind of a, a development package and how we were going to do it and, and all the details. And we took it to Ken and Ken was like, this looks great. Let's go do it. And um, yeah, it gave me an opportunity, like I said before, to, to get behind a camera and be involved in all aspects of production. And I just, it was the first time that I had done that and I'm, I'm addicted to it now. I mean, I love, I love my work as an actor in front of the camera, but you know, my work behind the camera over the past two seasons of Lady of the Lake has really been so rewarding on so many levels. Well, it sounds like this is something that you're going to do time and time again, uh, looking for other projects and, and, and definitely reaching out to Michael, even though, as you said, he's been your friend for so many years, you're familiar with his work and how well he is able to put out things like this. Um, you know, and Very working with that. him. So, yeah, I think you guys were the perfect match for this. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, I saw it. I saw that as well. I just, I thought that the source material was right up Michael's alley. And, and, um, Some and also, you know, I, I learned together I learned. and they shouldn't work together and kind of the exact opposite of that. You know, we have very different personalities I'm like the crazy one, and Kyle is like the calm zen one, and we balance each other out really nicely during production. So I think that we both, you know, he calms me down, and I get him fired up. And so as a result of that, I, I think it's like a really good match from a business standpoint. It really is the perfect um, cliche of, of, you know, the yin and the yang. It really is that, and it's the definition. Oh, of my that. gosh, you um, took the words so right out of my mouth. I was thinking yin and yang. <laughs> because it is it it, it really it really is he he said it perfectly you know we have we have two very different approaches to our work and our life and you know neither one is is right or wrong good or bad or better than the other they're just two different approaches and i think because we take two different approaches it is the reason why it works so well like if we were both you know the same way it it just wouldn't work and you know we realized over the course of these past two seasons that this relationship the working relationship um really yeah it, it, it thrives definitely well i can't wait to see season two and i know how well you work together with season one so this will be i'm sure the bomb as well now david couldn't be here tonight who is one of my co-hosts um and maybe bomb is Hi, David. a good word or a bad word. <laughs> no, David couldn't be here tonight because he's at his niece's award ceremony. So he had a couple questions for you guys. So I'm going to go ahead and ask those for him. Uh, Michael, David's Absolutely. question to you is, the characters in Winterthorn and Ladies of the Lake are toxic and scene stealers. So what process just frees you to write such wonderful and colorful characters? characters in such a short time. Yeah, no, that's, a, wow, that's a really good question. Um, I have a really weird process when I write. I don't, you know, some writers, they, they sit down and they stare at the computer screen until they, until it comes to them. I, sitting down at the computer is literally my absolute last step. I, I walk around with all of these crazy people in my head, which I probably need to say at these after all these years. But, um, you know, I always, I always think to myself, what do I enjoy as a viewer? Um, what are the kind of characters that, that I like? And I think that 
in order to have a really great good guy, you got to have really great bad guys. And I think that you also have to, you also have to understand, you know, I try to understand the fact that bad guys think that what they're doing is right. And good guys think that what they're doing is right. And when everybody feels justified in doing what they do, that makes for more interesting people, whether it's a movie or a television or a digital series or whatnot. Uh, I, I, I don't think that any one thing triggers the creation of a character. I just think that it's like once you've got a character in mind, how do you make them as well-rounded and interesting and human as possible? And it kind of just goes from there. And then once you see all the, the over-the-top circumstances, you're trying to find the human qualities and the relatable qualities in extreme circumstances, like things like that. Yeah, it, it's kind of like, you know, where David mentions that the the characters are toxic and scene stealers. It's kind of even like when you're watching one of the soaps and there's that, char- there's that character that you love to hate, but you, you know, you can't completely hate that person because you see that human side. Mm-hmm. Yes, very much and, so. That makes and there's so. a lot of that in Ladies of the Lake season two. You know, the people that the people that you think are just bad guys. There's a lot of discovery in this season of you know the motivations behind why people are doing what they do and what makes them the way they are. And so it's, you know it, it's pretty much the same thing. I, I think that you need to see all different layers. And that's something that, that we really tried to do with this season. Well. Kyle, you're next up. David's question to you is, we know in Ladies of the Lake that Detective Daniels developed a strong attachment to Mrs. Amherst, played by Jessica Morris. So if it was your decision, who would you want Sean to be with in the end? I don't know if that's a question you can answer. (laughs) Not Kyle. (laughs) <laughs> that, that's what I was saying. I was, I was saying, I've said in previous interviews, I just such a bad habit of putting my foot in my mouth. Just I'll just answer anything. But, but yeah, I think I have to let that. That's that's kind of plot related. I got to keep it there. Yeah, I think <laughs> so like too. I, I didn't realize that question, until I just but, uh, read it. So yeah, we'll just no, skip that fine. one. <laughs> Again, no worries. Well, it's a good question, but but plot related. Let's just say. Um, yeah, exactly. I'll be cliche and, and say, stay tuned. <laughs> question is for Michael. How are you? I'm Carolyn from uh, Florida. Hi, Uh, from St. Pete, Florida. Um, Welcome to the show. Um, uh, You are a writer and a producer. Um, How does it feel to have someone else direct your work? I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, We had a meeting we had a meeting the other day, and I I just happened to say in the meeting that one of the most exciting things about being a writer is seeing how other people interpret your work. Nobody ever reads the same script the same way. Everybody sees it through a different set of eyes, and when you get a bunch of different eyes, uh, you get you get an even better version than you could have ever imagined in your head. I think that 
a trick to being a successful writer and producer is to, you know, you, you put out parameters. You say, this is what I would definitely like to see. And then you let everybody be the talented person that you hired. You know, there's no point in, in, in gathering talent if you micromanage them and you don't let them do their job. And so I think that I, I've never felt threatened by that. I've never felt, um, intimidated by that because I, I think that when you surround yourself with really great people, they raise you up at the same time. And I'm always the first person to say that 99% of my success is about the people that I've, I've brought on or you know, whether it's behind the scenes or in front of the camera, that's, that's, that's really where the success lies. I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the chessboard, but they're all the pieces, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing to watch. Oh, that's that's great. That well, it sounds like you're <laughs> you're all team players, and it's important to work as a team, right? Yeah, it's vital. Yeah, very much. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is it difficult um, marketing a, a web series? How how do you go about yes. marketing it? Oh, my it God, is. they're okay. doing an amazing job. <laughs> all over. <laughs> I had, uh, you know. Think, and thank you, Anthony. I, I think the digital series are still, um, you know, I think that they're still fine. You know, okay, so for example, you've got shows like The Crown or Handmaid's Tale. Those are technically digital series. I think that the short, short answer is how much money do you have behind you? I think that when you've got, you know, a really big budget and, or you're being produced by a really major studio that has a right. marketing budget, uh, you have access to things that it's a little bit more challenging for an independent producer. And, you know, luckily we've been very supported by the soap opera press. They've always been really great to us. Um, oh, what okay. we do we've had incredible press and we, you know, and, and really the fans have really, you know, the word of mouth alone has been really amazing, but you know, I, can I just pick up the phone and call a TV guide? No, I can't do that. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> But, you know, I think that's where things are still evolving a little bit. But, you know, as the shows get better and as the production quality increases and as, as people get more familiar and comfortable with watching things online, um, people are more open to talking about it. So I think it's just part of the evolution. Also, oh, it's social media and, um, as you say, networking and getting everybody to talk about it. Okay. Well, hmm. interesting. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll just... Yeah, we'll have to get the word out there more, all you fans. <laughs> um, <Please>. And uh, <laughs> okay, we will. And um, uh, Kyle, um, you already answered about how you got the part, um, um, and how, but how were you liking um, being with so many of your um, days alumni? How was that going? Right. It was great. I mean, Michael kind of touched upon this before. Um, I really, truly, you can't have this every time, and I completely understand it, but I really want to try to surround myself and work with people that I really enjoy, not just professionally, but as people, personally. Because, you know, producing, you know, um, you know, a large project is, is not an easy task, and there are a lot of moving parts and, and quite frankly, a lot of moving people. And, you know, the... I just want to make sure that the people that are working again, both in front of and behind the camera on, you know, on the set are great to work with, easy to work with. And, um, 
so you don't have to deal with any kind of, you know, snags along the way because you'll deal with them plenty. But if you don't have to deal with, like, personality snags and you know the people and you know what makes them tick and you've worked with them before, then it just makes the process easier. So um, I was thrilled to, you know, every single person, um, you know, that, that in front of the camera, acting-wise, I've either worked with before or am friends with in my personal life. So I knew that uh, oh. there was going to be a really great camaraderie there. Um, and um, and then, you know, behind the scenes, the um, – you know, some of the crew that we had were brand new and whatnot, but they all gelled as well. And I just think it's very important when you're hiring people, you know, in all facets of production, you just want to make sure that, that you're all going to gel. Um, but in terms of working, you know, with the day's alumni, um, that's wonderful. You know, it's, it, it was number one, it's really great to see him again. It had been a while. And number two is really, really great to work with them again, as, uh, as well as that. So, yeah, it was a very, very enjoyable experience for me. Oh, good to hear that. Will we be hearing? Um, <laughs> yeah. Will we? Will we be hearing you sing? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Oh, okay. No, I, I don't see. I don't see anybody breaking out in a spontaneous song in any of these no. uh, in, in season two for this. Uh, well, you know, Kyle, you could <laughs> in, instead of reading somebody their rights, you could sing it to them. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think it would have the same effect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> might take, just take you out of the reality of the situation a little bit. <laughs> well, thank you, Carolyn, for your questions, and no, now we welcome. move on to. Thank you. When we move on to Anthony. Hey guys, Anthony from Staten Island, New York. Um, I just want to say first of all, I'm a huge fan of the show, and a always a huge fan of Winterthorn. Um, oh, and I think you. this, <laughs> you're welcome. I think this time around, I can't, I can't access my social media without seeing Ladies of the Lake, which is an amazing thing because I've been talking about the show for months and months and months. So now that season, season two is finally coming up, it's like, wow, all right, great. Um, but I was a huge fan of Winter, and I just have to say that. Um, my first Thank question you. is, you know, in the soap world itself right now, I think one of the biggest criticisms that, you know, we find out there is that the same stories are being told, even sometimes literally weeks apart from the four remaining network shows. And the fans are getting frustrated that the same stories are being told. How do you, how do you take something that is a well-known kind of story and um, make it fresh? Or is that something that you don't think about in, in your writing and, and the producing process? Um, I, listen, I, I have never been, I've never worked on a network daytime soap. I, I honestly have to say that being a head writer has, is, is probably one of the hardest, most thankless jobs in the world, because let's be honest, you're never, ever, ever under the best of circumstances going to make everybody happy. It's just impossible. You know what I mean? Like even in what I do, yep. I can't make everybody happy. And in the age of social media, um, you know, when people don't always realize when, when you're producing something is that it isn't just one person that has a final say in something. So you've got the network, you've got the, the, you know, you've got the network executives, you've got your affiliate stations, you've got, you know, there's so many different voices that contribute to where a story might go. 
that sometimes everybody has to kind of go a little easy on the writer because they might have wanted to do something completely different that might have been pushing the boundaries or really cutting edge, and they could have been shot down. Um, we never, you know, nobody ever really knows unless they're in that room what the writer is going through. And it's the same thing with the producer. There's a lot of things you want to do, but maybe there's not money for it. Maybe the network says, mm, we don't really like this idea, or we don't think this is worth it. So, you know, how do you keep it fresh? That's a challenge. I, I can't, I, in all fairness, I can't speak to daytime. I mean, I, I think that my rule of thumb is that once you've got a stable of established characters, I think that you you have to do right by the history of the show, and I think that you have to do right by being as authentic to the characters as you possibly can be. And I think it's a fine line. You know, you always want to listen to your fans, but you don't want to let your fans dictate the way you do your job. And that's a slippery slope because, you know, the fans are everything, but at the same time, you have to be honest to your own artistic integrity. And that, that truly is a very challenging balancing act. Am I making sense with the answer to this question, or am I rambling? No, so no you make sense. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's very well said. I can, I can refer to this episode in a lot of my daytime conversations, actually. So thank you for answering that. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, yeah. I, I have four episodes. Like, I mean, it doesn't have a chance to get stale because I'm only dealing with four episodes. I'm not cranking out. God, I don't even know. Kyle, how many episodes does daytime produce in a year? I mean, you got to think five episodes a week times 52 weeks a year. I mean, it's, you know what I mean? I mean, there are some preemptions in there, but they're on, there's no reruns, and they're on every single day, Monday to Friday. Yeah. So you have holiday preemptions and, and things like that. But I would, I would say, let's just say, I mean, let's say 50 weeks a year times five. I mean, you're talking about almost 2,000 episodes a year, you know? Absolutely. Which Kyle, is, my yeah, question is for you. My question for you, Kyle, is, you know, a lot of the fans are very excited. We know you're um, coming back to, to one of the daytimes. Um, is it easy for you to jump in and out of the different heads associated with doing a web series and then going back to daytime? And what do you think your challenges are going to be going back to daytime? I mean, to be, to be honest about it, um, I don't think challenge is the right word. I don't think that... Um, it's a very it's a very seamless transition, but that doesn't mean that it's the same. If that makes any sense, like it's you know just to to break it down real quick, you know the way we shoot Ladies of the Lake is is film style, which means it's single camera, which means that you do many many different takes with many many different setups um, for each scene, and you know right. you're only shooting about six to ten pages a day. Uh, film style because of that single camera and the different setups and, and things like that. Whereas, you know, on a daytime drama, Days of Our Lives in particular, which I'm working on again, um, is a, you know, three to four camera setup and the sets are, are pre-lit and, um, you know, it's, it's almost like, like theater on camera in the sense you rehearse the scene and and then um, you do it seamlessly from beginning to end. And if everybody hits their mark and the lines come out and the work is good and they get all their camera shots, then sometimes if it's nailed on the first take, they'll just move on because you have to 
you know, they shoot about 100 pages a day in terms of it. They've got to shoot an entire script plus yeah. in a day. So the pace is a lot faster, um, like on Days of Our Lives and on Bold and Beautiful, GH, Young and the Restless, all of the shows. The pace is a lot faster. But I think just because I personally, I did it for, you know, I was for almost 13 years, and I was on Days in B&B for, you know, well over a decade. So I think that process is, was just so ingrained in my brain and my, in my body that um, – Going back to it, I started working on Days Again about a month ago, a couple months ago, actually. And um, it, I don't want to be cliche about it, but you can use that like, you know, it's like riding a bike cliche, I guess. You know, and, you know I guess, I mean, the, the pace is definitely, um, I'll, I'll have to get used to that again, but it never derailed me, if that makes any sense. I mean, I, I yeah. think there's, there's pros and cons to, to both, but um, yeah, I just I think that if I had never worked, on a daytime soap opera before, and I've seen this before, people go on to those shows for the first time, whether they're a guest star or like a, just a role and they've never done it before. It's like a slap in the face. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's like baptism by fire. They're not used to that sort right. of thing. But if you've done single camera film style um, for your entire career and then jump into a three camera setup, it's just a lot faster. So anyway, I don't want to keep repeating myself. I'm sorry. But yeah, for me, because I, I had so much experience, um, I could, I could, you know, seamlessly jump back and forth and not feel, um, you know, like a fish out of water. But uh, both of them, like I said, I, I enjoy both. They're, they're just, they're so different. I don't think one is better than the other. They're just, they're just very different. There's pros and cons Really well said. I, I thank you. Really well said. I, I tend to speak for the fans. I'm the, the more fanny of the co-hosts. Um, and, and that's, again, yeah. I can refer to, I have a lot of, I have a lot of debating kind of conversations um, as far as giving soaps, giving soaps a chance to develop, you know, storyline and, and actor, you know, breaking them in, so on and so forth. And this is another conversation I can definitely refer back to. I have one last question for the both of you. And this one's more of a personal question. Um, I'm wondering what you guys feel, how you feel in the soap genre, whether it be digital or it be, you know, the four remaining, do you think the LGBT community is represented well and fairly at this point? And is that something that you'd look to in the future if there is another season of Ladies of the Lake? So that's you want to take that first? Okay, so uh, the, the first part of your question, um, there are some fantastic uh, digital series uh, that that represents the community. I mean, Anacostia is one of them. Pride the Series is one of them. Kevin Spiritus, who used to be on Days of Our Lives, uh, he just released a new series called After Forever. Um, and I haven't yeah. had a chance to watch it yet, but people are raving about it. Um, it is great. You know, it's amazing. Are you Absolutely seen it? amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, Kevin is so talented. Um, as you know, we want to spend our for you know, I, I think it's one of those it's one of those things where um, I think that there are way more opportunities than there used to be, and I think that there are a lot of I mean I just mentioned three series, but there are many 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 more series out there that that you know feature you know uh, you know gay characters or lesbian characters and uh, you know even transgender characters now I think that I think that that's the beauty of 
independent shows is that you don't have anybody saying, well, we don't want to see that, or we don't, well, you're pushing the envelope too much. We don't want to have those kinds of characters. Uh, and I think that there's been a real blossoming of content in that regard. As far as daytime is concerned, um, to be really fair, I don't watch all four soaps on a regular basis, so I can't really comment on something that I don't know. But I do feel that Days of Our Lives probably does it best um, from the perspective that they're the most willing to go there. From what I've seen, I could be completely incorrect about that, so please don't quote me on that. But, you know, I, I, you know, I, I think that Days, Days gives it its best, I would say. Absolutely. You're, you're not far yeah, off on that at so all. If, yeah. I mean, I, I echo a lot of what Michael said. Um, and I also want to preface this by saying what he just said in the, in the sense that I don't, um, I don't want to comment on something I don't know a whole lot yeah. about, meaning the other shows. I, I haven't seen every single show and, and whatnot. I don't have, you know, a, a solid idea of everything that's out there. So, but, but what I, what I do want to say to answer that question is, um, I just feel that, you know, it, it, it's very important to just keep growing in that regard. I think that there's been a lot of headway, you know, that has been made, uh, you know, over the past few years, over the past decade, especially in the past few years. And I think that, you know, that has been a wonderful thing. And I just, I will say that I think it needs to continue, is my point. Um, I think more efforts, I think more efforts can always be made. You know what I mean? So I, I think on the surface from what I've seen, I do see a very wonderful representation of that community. And I guess my answer is I would just love to see it continue and to, and to grow even more, if that makes any sense. Thank you. No, it makes a lot of sense and very, very well said again. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for your questions, Anthony. Um, just so you guys, Kyle and Michael, know, we had um, Kevin Spiritus on twice, and once he brought Mitchell Anderson, and the other time he brought Michael Slade. So it was, you know, one time right before the uh, his series went live and then after it went live. So it was great talking mm-hmm. to them and being able to see everything come to fruition, you know, what we spoke about before it went live and how well it was done. So... That makes us like, you know, that's how we feel about watching the next season of Ladies of the Lake, just so you know. <laughs> Absolutely. We are looking for it. <laughs> Data well, look, we, 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 we greatly appreciate what they believe in. Everybody deserves something to watch, something that they can relate to, something everybody should be able to see themselves within entertainment. And you know, not every show will always be able to, to do that. Some shows will do it better than others. Some people, some shows might try and fail. Some, people, some shows might try and succeed. I just think that it's, it, the most important thing is that people try and that people keep mm-hmm. moving forward and telling stories and not waiting to get permission to tell the stories that they feel empowered to tell. Here, here. Yeah, and you yeah. know what? Agreed. We're super grateful. <laughs> yeah. We're super grateful for like Amazon and Netflix and whatever that gives you guys the opportunity to tell the stories that you want to tell, no matter what they're about. Mm, sure. Freedom. Absolutely. Freedom, yeah. They're a wonderful, yeah. you know, Amazon is, is, is so wonderful with this sort of thing. And, um, you know, we're very grateful to them. 
and I'm sure everybody else um, as well who has worked with them in the past. They're, it's a wonderful, wonderful platform. They're good people um, all around. So, yeah, we're very grateful for them as well. Mm. Good to hear. Thank mm. you. Well, I have one last question Candace sent me because I know she talked to you guys last night, <laughs> but she just sent me yeah. a question. And and it's a juicy one. <laughs> of course. She doesn't ask any other kind of question. <laughs> she says, since I say the show is a guilty pleasure, what are Kyle and Michael's guilty pleasures? Ooh. Oh. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> I have to think about that for a second. Um, yeah. Oh, I've gone quiet. <laughs> They've gone quiet, right? Wait, okay. Well, you know, okay. I know what my guilty pleasure is. I cannot believe I'm going to admit this. I love, love, love. I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. Oh my god! Um, please don't judge me. My wife and I have never, ever, ever missed a single episode of Below Deck on oh. Bravo. And Drag Race on VH1, and we've seen every single episode of both of those shows. And uh, Jennifer Gozo, who is the makeup artist, Jen and I have been friends for years, and she did the hair and makeup on Winterthorn in both seasons of Ladies of the Lake. She actually is also one of the makeup artists on RuPaul's Drag Race. So we were able to we were invited to the uh, season finale that shot here in downtown LA last week. And so we went there, and it was just like seeing all these people. And I, I don't typically like normal reality shows, but I, just, <laughs> I love those two. That's my guilty pleasure that as a writer, I should never admit that I like reality. But those are the <laughs> shows that I will drop everything and, and watch the most. Well, I have to, so I have to agree with you. I love um, Below Deck. So. I do, too. I'm right there with you guys. Yeah. If we're yeah. talking real, like, are we talking guilty pleasure in terms of what we watch on television, or just uh, in anything? Because, anything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I will. Okay, so I need to. I'll, I'll jump into that and say, um, I, Michael and I have actually talked about this. Below Deck is actually a guilty pleasure of mine in terms of yeah, what I watch on TV. I think that that show is hilarious. I occasionally. Mm-hmm. And enjoy tuning into uh, Vanderpump Rules. I think that's such a crazy, hilarious show in so many ways. Um, I, yep. I, I'm not going to lie and say, I, you know, I, I, I never miss an episode. Um, I don't DVR it. But if, I'm, if, if it's on, if I'm home and it's on, I, I, I love tuning in. It's, it's just hilarious in every way. I also, I think my other guilty pleasure, um, which is, this is not as juicy, but I just, I was trying to think of something, and I'm I'm obsessed with fast food. I'm I'm kind of a fast food fanatic, so that's kind of my guilty pleasure as well. Not many people really know that about me. Which but, I have given him yeah. so much grief for because if you look at Kyle and then you look at me, like if I sell McDonald's, I gain thirty pounds, and he looks exactly. like he's carved out of marble. Yeah, that's so, not well, fair, thank, Kyle. Thank you, We're going to yeah. delete that answer. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I have to throw French fries at him day, periodically. But, but I definitely, <laughs> I, I definitely make it a point to go through a drive-through at least twice, maybe three times a week. I just and like <laughs> just the, the crappiest food you could possibly imagine. But I, I don't. Yeah, it's just. I would say that's definitely, definitely a guilty pleasure of mine. Wow, well, you open well, the door so good, our viewers, you know. our listeners, 
our listeners definitely <laughs> want to know what are the best French fries for Kyle. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're talking French fries, McDonald's. If you're talking burger, it's Carl's Jr. If you're talking like, you know, fast food, quote unquote Mexican, it's definitely Taco Bell. Oh, um, holy shit! Yeah. You could really do the rundown, dude. There we go. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not playing around. <laughs> do I have permission to make Kyle's list up on my blog? <laughs> he didn't even have to think about those Absolutely, answers. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's what I'm telling you. That's why it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you two can look like this. <laughs> Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so before we let you go, um, Michael and Kyle both let the listeners know where they can find you guys. And of course, we've said "Ladies of the Lake" June nineteenth on Amazon. Whatever else you want them to know, here's your chance. So you can follow us on Twitter at L O T L Series One. Uh, we have a Facebook page that you can follow. I am at M Caruso producer on Twitter. Oh, and yeah, just to repeat, um, everything you guys said for, you know, just to get it out there. Um, again, next Tuesday, June 19th is our release on Amazon Mm -hmm. and Amazon prime prime video. And yes, Twitter, L O T L series one at L O T L series one. Facebook is facebook.com, Ladies of the Lake. It's a great Facebook page um, that we have going there. And my personal accounts are at KyleLouder22, both on Twitter and Instagram as well. Awesome. Michael, you're not on Instagram, right? I'm sorry? Are you on Instagram? What was your question? Are you on Instagram? I started an Instagram account and I tried to figure out how to use it for like an hour and I was so angry that I'm, I'm sitting here saying to myself, I, I've executive produced three different series and I cannot figure out how to work Instagram and I almost threw my phone out the window. So, yes, there is an account that is completely unused, untouched, and dead to the world. So, it's hard to see pictures of me, which I can't imagine why you would. You have to, I guess, look at my Twitter when I post pictures of my dog on occasion. Okay. Dogs, not very <laughs> you, you know what? I, com- I completely understand that, Michael, because I had Instagram for I can't even tell you how long and just started using it, like, I don't know, over the past six, eight months or whatever. I finally sat down and said, I've got to figure this out because it's another great way of promoting the show and, and the actors. And I like to say happy birthday to whoever's birthday is that day and, and let people know it's their birthday so they can say, you know, happy birthday and, and, you know, do different types of things on there. And sometimes I post pictures of, um, you know, I watch a lot of Periscope and, you know, the people that travel and or wherever they live, they like to show the sunsets and the sunrise, and I'll take a screenshot of that, and I'll, I'll post it, and, you know, a lot of people like seeing that kind of thing. So I would say yeah, that I, I if you're like that... I, I, I honestly could tell you I don't feel like I'm interesting enough in that public way. I, I feel that the longer that I've been a producer, the, the more I do it, the more private I've become. And I've also become... This sounds really crappy but you know like I'm friends with a lot of actors and stuff and I never want to feel like when I'm hanging out with my friends or I'm out to dinner or whatever 
I don't want everything to become a photo op. I think that, you know, I like just being with people and having dinner, you know, hanging out or whatever, and not everything needs to come with the pictures. So I, I, I kind of fight that urge. While I know that it's good for promotion, I don't think it's good for my friendships, if that makes any kind of sense. So a little bit is fine for me, but I don't think, ooh, 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 let's, po- let's take a picture so we can promote the fact that I know famous I, I just that doesn't drive me within my relationship. So Instagram and I kind of right. I get it, and I get why people like it, but it's just I don't think it's just it's not for me. Well, I guess it's a lucky thing you like me and you know me because that way I promote <laughs> Ladies of the Lake on my Instagram. Yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we're selective. We're selective. Part of what, what you guys we, what do. Like, I'm just a civilian that happens to do this for a living, so it's. You know, I mean, I, I promote on Twitter the shows and stuff, but for me as Michael Caruso, I I really cherish and it, it. You know, I like that quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm most comfortable with Twitter, I think, out of everything. So, but yeah, I you know too. I post everywhere. So, all right, guys. Well, thanks so much for joining us, and we look forward Thank to seeing the next us. season very shortly. And you guys have a great night. Yeah, and keep thank in you touch. for having us on today. And please, 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 you're welcome. Leave a, show. leave a review on Amazon. That's really, really, really important. Please leave a review. Let us know what you think. Yes, yes. And uh, thanks again, guys, for having us today. We really, really appreciate it. Yes, you're thank very you so welcome. Much. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you. Take care, guys. Uh, take care. Good night. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, yeah, that's really, really important, and I know I mentioned it during when we had Kevin Spiritus on, too, about those Amazon reviews. If you really love something that you're watching, um, you know, even if there's something that you don't like, you know, um, put it on there, because, but do it in a nice way. You know, Absolutely. A, little criticism, yeah. Yeah, a little criticism isn't that bad as long as it's getting the point across, well, maybe next time you do something, maybe you can do it this way or something, you know, that's the best way to do it. We don't like mean things being put. No. And it's the same no. thing yeah. as social media, you know. If you don't like a scene or if you don't like something an actor did in a certain scene or, or storyline or something, don't be mean about it. You know, you can still get your point across without being mean. And please, never, ever, ever tag an actor about something <laughs> you don't like if it's just to bash them. That's yeah. just rude. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So when yeah. I first... <laughs> When I first started blogging, someone told me that if I approach it as though I was as though I was writing a book report for my high school English class, that's always the best way to go about it. If I wouldn't say it in an oral presentation in front of my high school class, then I probably shouldn't be seeing it sitting behind an anonymous (laughs) computer screen. And I and I think that. and yeah, I think that's the message that I've always tried to portray out there. I don't tolerate actor bashing. I don't even tolerate writer bashing. These these people are right. putting their best efforts forward, and you don't have to like a you don't have to like a character, but you have to respect the person and persons behind that character. Right, because they're only doing their job. 
Yeah. So That's you know you can't you can't a, you can't attack them for that. So and the honest truth, I've said this with Ava, I've said this with Nell, I've said this with Victor the Mustache. The more we hate them, the better they're doing their job, and not just the actors, exactly. the producers, the writers, the exactly. grips, the lady who puts the donuts on the craft service table. Without all of them, Victor the Mustache wouldn't exist. You know. Exactly. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Now, here's for the good part. Now, I put it on um, the our Facebook and that, that there's a ticket to give away to an event. So lo- local Floridians, I hope you're listening in because I have a question for you, and the first person to call in with the correct answer will win a ticket to the cocktail party, and that will be with Greg Vaughn and also William DeVry. Um, mm. Carolyn, you have a little bit more information on that. Where exactly is that being held and so on and so forth? Uh, Tropicana Field in uh, St. Pete Beach. And it is uh, going to be after the game uh, between the Rays and the Yankees, the baseball game. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, and the <laughs> VIP cocktail party starts at 8 p.m. Eastern time until 11 and the doors open at 7.30. So, and it's on Saturday, June 23rd, and that's why we say local Floridians because it's kind of late to make arrangements, you know, for people that are out of state to, you know, hop on a plane and get there and get everything done. So here is the question. Let me put my glasses on. (laughs) Um, If no one answers, myself and the dog will start walking. <laughs> if anyone answers what? I said if no one answers, myself and the dog will start walking. I'll meet Cal. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what series Anthony was Greg Vaughn on What series was Greg Vaughn on for the Oprah Winfrey Network and what was his character's name? So do, 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 do the, who, do, who, who can do the um, Jeopardy theme? Do, 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 whatever. I don't know how it goes. Bum, 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 Yeah, there you go. Bum, 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 I mean, it's Florida. <laughs> you're good. You're good. <laughs> they landed yeah. on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you are so funny. But that was good, Anthony. We'll have to we'll have to think of you when we need to do certain things like this. I am but always available for sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh Well it looks like somebody's calling in Let's see who this is Hello You're live on the air Area code 727-422 Who's calling This is Tiffany Hi Tiffany Welcome Tiffany Hi Hello I think we're all alone now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't have red hair, but I used to like her music. 
<laughs> well, thank you so much for calling in. Do you have the correct answers to my question? I think I do. Okay, go ahead. Um, the name of the series was Queen Sugar, and his character's name was Calvin. Woo! Wow! You're, I think you're a dedicated Greg Vaughn fan, huh? Kind of. Kind of. Well, your answers are correct, so congratulations. You have won your ticket. Yay! Thank you. You're very welcome. Oh, my gosh. Well, we would love to hear back from you once you attend. And um, we do have a fan page on our website where if anybody attends any event like this, you can do a, you know, a little write-up about what you experienced there and, you know, give some pictures if you want. So we'd be more than happy to put that on there once you're, you're done with the uh, event. Oh, good. I'll take lots of pictures. Oh, good, good. <laughs> Consider, I, you know why I love doing that? Because there's people like me and Anthony and, uh, you know, Candace and whoever else and out there that's listening that can't go to this event, and it's always nice to see what goes on behind the scenes. So we appreciate that. Absolutely. Thank All you right. very much. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. So I have your phone number and um, your name, and I will go ahead and pass that information along to Soap This, who is the event holder. And okay. um, we'll get your tickets. We'll get you all set up. Okay. Perfect. Can Thank Anthony you so hear me? Much. I can, Tiffany, yes. yes. I think you are absolutely hysterical. Well, thank Isn't you so much. Know? I very much appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, you're really nice you to listen to. You have a great time. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I'll, I'll make sure I take a Yeah. If you get a chance, goose them for me. Just a light goose. Put a goose. And tell them it's from me. Okay. Okay, if I get close Liam enough, knows. I promise I'll do that for you. Liam knows me personally, so he's he'll be looking for it, actually. Yeah. Okay, cool. Absolutely. Enjoy yourself. Oh, my gosh, you're too funny. All okay. right, thank you, Tiffany. Thank you Again, so congratulations. Much. Have fun. Thank you. Okay, thank, thank you, you so welcome. much. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. And Candace. I think Candace is here now. Yes? I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Yay! <laughs> so what did, what did you think what did you think of your your answers to your question? <laughs> I thought it was funny because I literally am eating McDonald's fries. So when he said that I just bust out laughing because it's true. <laughs> McDonald's has the best fries. Yes. It's true. I can't yes. cow cow never lied, but that was a really good interview. They're really good guys. And, yeah, next week it's on. The the session, the summertime session is on. Amazon, Lady to the Late, Season 2. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, I have to say, and I had hoped this season we were going to get six, eight, maybe even ten episodes. I'm a little surprised it's it's only three. Well, that that means that the uh, obsession, it's, it's, like, it's like an appetizer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, it's I, I believe mood. that even though even though it's only three, they're longer episodes, so yeah. that kind of makes up for it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm, yeah, everybody get those reviews in. 
so we get season three of um, Ladies of the Lake. So we have to let Amazon know how much we love it. Yeah, because they've been stepping so, up. Amazon's been stepping up their game. Definitely, definitely. Well, we're at the one-hour mark, and we have four soaps to go through. So I'm going to let you guys, as like I did last time, I put myself on hold because I'm still not caught up on days. Uh, 15 minutes with days, so we can do 15 minutes on each soap, okay? okay. You got okay. it. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. All right. And well, you're Colin, off. That's go. your baby. Okay, so why don't okay, you start, so, honey? Carolyn? Hello. Oh, hi. Hi. It's, it, yeah, <laughs> it's your baby, first? so we let you start. Oh, yes, you go oh, first, honey. Oh, no, we're going to start with days. Oh, okay. Um, uh, what does everyone think about Teresa and JJ? Did I or did <laughs> I not call it? I'm definitely going to say that, but I absolutely love it. You did. Oh, I love okay. it because I I do like it. I just uh, I'm still torn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's this reminiscent walk down memory lane yesterday was done really well. The writers incorporated yeah. it really well. Um, the chemistry between them is amazing. There's there's no denying that they have electricity between the two of them. They laugh, they cuddle, it, it just works really well. And I'm a huge Cassia DePiva fan, so anything that keeps her on screen, which, a.k.a. romance with Brody, uh, but Brody, Brody, uh, Brady, <laughs> tongue-tied, um, who am I thinking of right now? Ooh. Um, anything that keeps her on screen, you know, keeps me happy. So all around, I'm, I'm thrilled with it. Did you see it today with uh, JJ with his shirt off? Oh, oh my God! <laughs> I did. I did. Oh, I, I snuck well, on my know, the, only better, the only thing better for me would be to you know throw him Paul, you know uh, him Sean Xander. all of them. Yeah, Xander, throw it. You know, like they need a nurse's ball. I, what, what, what could you, you know, they need a nurse's ball themselves, and they—that's the only thing that would be better than than having. Okay, done. Anyway, <laughs> I'm telling you, they're might be looking good. They're, they're looking good. Yes, they're looking good. Yes. And Carolyn, uh, are you um, mourning? Are you mourning the the Steve Nichols announcement? Um. More the Christopher Sean and uh, Brian DeTillo. Uh, I'm really surprised. No, jeez. Brian, I'm really upset about that. Oh, well, then I have a little bit of interesting news for you. I have some Dave casting news. Um, Melissa Archer is actually on her way back into Dave's. And Brian DeTillo has been approached by another soap. I can't say which soap it is. But we're not going to see Brian DeTillo off screen for very long because Dave tapes six months in advance. And from what I'm told, he's reporting to work the beginning of next month. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think he did a fabulous job last year. I was really hoping he was gonna he yeah. was gonna win something because I, I, he just knocked it out of the park last year. I was really disappointed he didn't get anything. I don't know I if you girls, so. you guys agree. 
I agree. I always I, this is my thing. You know, with Brian Dottillo, I've always felt as though Days of Our Lives didn't use him to his full. Uh-huh. Yeah. Especially I with, agree. with Will's death. I always thought. I mean, when Will died the first time, um, you know, it was <laughs> it was supposed to be Lucas and Sammy. You know, they had Alice and Sweeney come in. But really, it should have been Lucas. Like, he had his moments, yes. but it should have been really, like, Brian DeTillo's Emmy reel for that year. It should have been, you know, something big. And I just feel as though, you know, they just milked Lucas. You know, they had him yeah. with Chloe, you know, and they had him. I just, it hurts because we all know what what great of an actor Brian DeTillo is and how important yeah. Lucas is to the canvas. So when I saw that announcement, to be honest, half of me was like, okay. And the other half is like, are you serious? Like, hello? Like, work with him. So, you know, I thought he was going somewhere else. Yeah, then, uh, you know, hopefully they they really work him and he gets his, his, you know, his his, uh, dues. So, anyways, I feel much better. That's been the story of Lucas. You know, yes, he's never yes. really gotten the front seat, the front burner recognition that that yeah, he never deserves. gets the girl. Something always happens. His heart's broken. Even, yeah, <laughs> even going back to the you know the the Austin days. Um, yes. You know he's just and so I'm I'm praying that the, the soap he's stepping into, unfortunately, and I'll give a little bit of a hint. Y'all all know, you know, that I have a very hard time with triangles. Hopefully, the soap <laughs> he's stepping into will recognize. Um, you know, maybe they looked at his his work last year and yeah. said, you know what, yeah. this is some amazing work, and if they're going to put him back on back burner status, let's make him an offer and, and have him come on over. Yeah, well, ho- hopefully that uh, that works out. Uh, and I call them Benzy. I know everybody else is calling them something else, but I call them Benzy. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know where that's going to go. What are, what do you guys what do you guys think about this whole the playing out this week of of Will the serum is it too over the top are we kind of over the storyline are we sitting at the edge of our seat waiting to see is he going to wake up and suddenly I'm, be I'm, like yeah, I'm, 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 over, I'm over I'm over, I'm over, it. over it. yeah <laughs> yeah that's the buzz that's the buzz online people are are kind yeah. of over it they, yeah. and, and believe it or not they're more interested in finding out what's going to happen with Patch and um, uh, Stefano Jr., Stefano Light, Stefano right. Cool Lip, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, they're yeah. more mm-hmm. interested in that than they are in, in the Will storyline. So um, yeah. I hope Ooh. that they kind of wrap wrap this up kind of quick, rather quickly. I mean, the thing is, is that with Will, the storyline, I mean, now that we know that Christopher Sean is leaving, it's kind of like, okay, we kind of can guess what's going to happen. I'm going to miss Will. I'm going to miss the half slutty version of Will. I am. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Yeah. It's like a morning loss. You know, it's kind of like, you know, when you have a character that, you know, is always like, do, 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 and then all of a sudden you turn him into what he could could be because he's yeah. half a Sammy. He's half he's a Sammy. Sammy. Exactly. Okay. He's Sammy's so, son. Exactly. He should be slutting it up. And causing trouble, <laughs> and and now it's going to be like, Sonny, I love you. I yeah. can't fight my feelings anymore. <laughs> okay, moving on. I mean, no offense to the Wilson fans, you know, but it's just he was interesting, and now we have this storyline, but it's not 
it's 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 over. You know what I mean? It's like the height was there, and now it's like uh. yeah, yeah, yeah. The tri the triangle the triangle was good, but uh, maybe they knew that Christopher was leaving, and he you know yeah. they're going to put uh, Will and Sonny back together. I mean, I don't say this often. But I do have to say, I really think they dropped the ball with Le- with Leo character as well. Yeah. Um, oh. He's yes. he's got magnetism when he's yes, on screen. He it's just the voice, yeah, he, the the yeah, swagger. Yeah. I mean, he's absolutely adorable. They just mm. dropped the ball. They could have turned that into a, a what is it? A parallel parallelogram, a quadrupallel, you know, and just had it all out there. And, and I'm, well, I'm a it, isn't, it with... isn't over. He's, he hasn't gone, has he? He's still in the no. picture. No, he no? hasn't gone, but the writing's on the wall with that. It's, he's another one of really? He's like, um, yeah, like the one that, that was trying to get between Sonny and Will, you know, two years right. ago. Um, yeah. Wow, what was, yeah, he's one of those characters. I'm so you guys should I... comment on Ben, ben, and, uh, ben and Sierra. Oh my God, the hottest couple of days. I call them oh Benzie. Oh my God, Benzie. Yeah. <laughs> the hottest couple in daytime. And they even hooked up yet, but they're the hottest couple of daytime right now. <laughs> this summer is burning up with some. Okay, it's literally burning up with some. <laughs> as, as you all know, I am, I am sight challenged, and I have to pull out my little machine when I want to see something. And from what I was seeing online, the way that they look at each other, I got my machine yeah. out, and, and, and I got a good look at Ben again. And I said, oh, Lord, help me, help me, boy. help me, Jesus, help me. What? But then I started paying attention to the way they were looking at each other. Oh, Jesus, they didn't need to say no words. No. I <laughs> sex was everything and then some. It was just, oh, you, yes. you can't, the, the passion, the passion. I mean, seriously, all jokes aside, Days of Our Lives really needs to really be careful, though. Because, look, <laughs> this is the couple <laughs> that's going to spark controversy, okay? It's already doing it so far and whatnot. You got the fans. You have a fan base. Their job is to really. This is like this is this is going to be sex on a stick right now because <laughs> it's it's just because you have the innocent one, you know, not innocent so much, yeah. but compare yeah. her to Ben and everything, and then you have Ben who has who may or may not be reformed, and I don't think they really should reform him, like make him a do gooder and whatnot. Like he's a bad boy. Like give me a bad boy days. Like ugh. oh my god, they're too hot. <gasps> Well, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm glad they I'm I'm glad they brought uh, him back because I've always liked him. I think he's a fabulous actor. He they bash him a lot. I mean, a lot of people didn't want him back, don't want him back, don't like him. And I always go in and say that makes a good actor. He was very very convincing. If he tones down yeah. all that um, toxic stuff, that that may be good because he's he, he's good, <laughs> very good. So we'll see. You know, and, and as you all know, again, in the last couple of months, I haven't had a thing to say about Days Drop. Oh, no, I, I respect myself. Let me rephrase that. Billy, Billy was horrible. <laughs> Other than Billy and, and getting them off that damn island, Days really yeah. hasn't dropped the ball, but they're dropping the ball on Xander, too. Man, oh, they yeah, have. He's, play, he's leaving, yeah. right? He's leaving again. Yeah, oh. he is. It was just getting good. It was just getting good. They should bring him <laughs> What back. would you do like, for that Kronzyke bar? I mean, how could you <laughs> not use that? Oh, my God. At least just to, 
you rescued, you, you just have a, a two-week weird romance between him and Teresa. You rescued me. You're my hero. Mm. Good. What? Mm. What? You didn't even take off his shirt. What? Why? Yeah, what's up with him in a suit? Like, what? I'm not used to him with clothes on. I know that yeah. sounds really wrong, but I'm not used to him. I mean, he looks good in the suit. I mean, he really does. You know, suit and tie makes a nice guy. But I'm not used to him with clothes on. I'm sorry. He was on that. He was on that ABC show, the one when you know, like the King Arthur thing, and he was in like a skirt kind of, you know, one of them tilt things. Man, yes. oh, <laughs> hallelujah, heavenly Lord! I mean, even Maggie, like she looked at him like, yeah, hello. I mean, come on. <laughs> but, I mean, is it okay if I could say something? I, I, I have a secret that I need to reveal on the show right oh, now. Please do, girl. Please regarding, do. Regarding talk. Okay, Anthony, don't be mad at me. Don't be mad uh-huh. at me, Anthony. <laughs> promise me right now. You're not going to be I mad. Promise. I promise is this a guilty okay. pleasure? Is this a guilty pleasure? I think pleasure? it is going to be a guilty pleasure come October when I see him. Oh, no. <laughs> Anthony's quiet. I'm not mad. I'm hurt. I'm 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 showing up the stitches. I'm not mad though. No. We'll 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 discuss later. I just had to drop hold his hand. Candace, 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 hold his hand. Get some DNA. Find out what kind of cologne he wears. Do something. All right, girl. You better goose him. You better goose him for me. Goose him. Oh Oh my God. There's gonna be a lot of goosing going on. I have to be a good oh. girl. I have to. I have to. I have to earn my wings no, if don't. I want to see Greek. No, you, no, 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 you don't. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna keep this. I'm gonna keep this conversation going forward. What? 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 What are they doing with Marlena? That poor woman has not oh. had an interesting storyline since Hattie. <laughs> I, I, I want Hattie. I, I need some Hattie. Yeah, back. bring Hattie so, back. Yeah. I she, mean, what are they doing with her? her talent? I don't know. She's supposed to be the Boring. queen of Salem. She's an icon. She's a living legend of Days of no, Our Lives. Like, she is no. the queen. Why aren't we writing for her? What is going on, Days of Our Lives? Don't make me come over there and, and, and pop you. What's going yeah. on? Because I feel though like she should be her and John and, you know, for the time being, Steve and Kayla. Like, they should be ruling Salem right now. Like, hello, yeah. they're the kings and queens. Why yeah. are like, or, or, this shot isn't going to hurt saying? you, Will. <laughs> oh, and no, turn off on a mission and pair her up with Xander for a little while. Have her go yeah, through a little you know. You know, that would be a very good storyline. Yeah, that would be a very good storyline. Yeah, that would be quite different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's turning. She's turning into the female Victor. That the only reason yeah. she's on screen oh. is is. To, to fill up scenes, you yeah, know, Victor serves no. no real purpose anymore, and it, it, it's kind of sad. Um, yeah. You know, Stefano never, never filled a scene. Stefano always had something, and if they wanted to move Victor back into that spot, they sorely, they sorely missed the ball on that too. And they're doing the same thing to Marlena now. She's turned into just scene filler, and you know. And even her, even her hair and the way the way she's dressing. I mean, it's just you know, like real marmy. I'm I'm disappointed, very disappointed. She used to have some you know spark, and it's it's gone, it's gone. 
Does anyone think that Sammy's going to come back? Um, how should I say this? Don't say it. Don't you say it. Um, you bite your tongue. Right. You bite your tongue. Don't you dare say Does that it. P word. What, what, with a baby? Nothing with a baby? great. You should have See? a baby by now. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. No. Nope. No. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. Okay. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> I'm against this. Don't. I, I know people want this because everybody's like, oh, Rafe is such a good father figure. He would make such a good father. And Sammy and him, they had a rump in the hay. Okay, but that doesn't mean a baby. That Days of our lives don't turn to one like to live on me and have, like, Grace and, and Hope or whoever getting ready to get married. And then Sammy comes in and says, stop, I have your baby. No. Did Teresa? Did no. Teresa? Oh boy! Did I pick up and... at the wrong time? <laughs> <laughs> oh Lordy, it seems like Days of Our Lives is giving us a little bit of a preview of what's to come. I mean, it, <laughs> when a soap makes it that obvious to have that conversation with three different with three different people, you kind of know mm. it's coming. Yeah. Wow. Well, Anything did, I mean, did, did Teresa say today she that her and uh, Brady uh, linked up again? Did I hear Teresa say that? She made him an offer that he, you know, should most prob- definitely probably not refuse, I, but they didn't actually do no, it. No, they, they went. Yeah, but they they went upstairs to read to read the baby um, a story two weeks ago, and I think she told JJ that they they did they did link up so. I don't know that that doesn't sound good. So another baby. <laughs> I'm I'm just thinking Nicole because because Ari's coming back. So right. I wonder if Nicole might be Freggers or something. Oh. I would take that oh over Sammy. I would take that <laughs> over Sammy. No heartbeat. And I just have to say this because there's there's a huge movement online as well. Now that we've got Ben back, I would love to see, and, and as much as I love Melissa Archer, and I tru- truly, truly love her as an actress, I'd rather have Jordan back than, um, what was her character? Madison, oh. Mamie, whatever the yeah. hell her name was. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd love to, there's a big fan support going on right now, bring, bring uh, Jordan back. And um, Dace, Ron, if you're listening, we've, we've given you a lot of ideas tonight, Ron. Yeah. Feel free to call me, we've. I've spoken around a few times. Feel free to call me again. You can use my ideas without any credit. Yes, do not have any credit. And I'm still hoping that uh, JJ's the father with Lonnie. (laughs) That'll make things interesting, too, because it's kind of shady there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think um, I think we're going to see a little bit more from Vanessa. Um, What's her name on the show? You know, Abe's, you know, uh, um, what's his name's mom? Valerie. Oh. Valerie. Valerie, thank you. Um, yeah, I think we're going to find out that she had a little something-something to do there. Mm. Okay, we're at and the 40-minute mark, so. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> All right, well, so we're going to through both in the beautiful in about three and a half minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my notes. <laughs> Bold and the beautiful. Um, about frickin' time they brought the events back. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Okay. 
number two, wow, you know I knew this, but never think about it when they're together. But when Will said, you're not my father, you're my brother, my mouth fell open, and I thought, oh, my God, he is. And then when they were doing the breakup thing, I thought to myself, uh, that's not a reason to break up because your brother would be your stepfather if they got married because then there would be no one together on the bold and the beautiful if that were the case because they're all interchangeable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? You know, that's a Logan that's a Logan tradition. You marry the father, the brother, the uncle, you know, right? and the illegitimate stepfather. Well that's also, exactly, yeah. But, but that's also the forces because remember Eric forced it with right. Ray, Brooke's mom, Donna. Mm-hmm. True, true okay. that, true that. Yeah, so, so really, and apparently, it's, it's becoming a Spencer tradition. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Poor Stuffy. <laughs> because, of course, in L.A., there's only three families. You, you know, I know, so exactly. Small. So right. we didn't realize that L.A. was so small and that there was only a few people that lived there. <laughs> only one lawyer. One lawyer that can that can do your financial paperwork and marry people over and over again. <laughs> right, exactly. And he knows. Okay, all the so people. then, <laughs> then Thorn kisses Katie, and I'm like, oh my god, come on! They just broke up so two seconds ago, and you're already okay. kissing on her. Please tell yeah, me that. You know they're not going to role play as cute as Katie and Wyatt did. I can't see him. No. I can't see Thorn role playing no. with him being the pizza man, no. or the plumber. I no, can't. I no. can't. I can't. <laughs> this is this is like a nightmare come true on so many levels because it just I I can't with us. I can't. Oh, can't. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. but you know what? You know I post the spoilers and stuff like that on Facebook every day. And I saw one title or something, I don't even remember what I saw exactly, but it was something about that there's possibly going to be a Ridgebrook-Thorn thing. So if there's a Ridgebrook-Thorn thing, then this thing with Katie may not last, but who knows anymore? Well, the you know, thing with, no thing with Katie ever lasts. She had Thorn and no. then Brooke. Uh, not Thorn, um, Ridge. She had Ridge, then came Brooke. She got her mm-hmm. husband back, then came Brooke. Katie can't keep her right. for the life of The only one she's going to be able to keep is little Will. She should have stuck her away <laughs> because nobody wants him either. Nobody says little Will. Exactly. They perfect. Perfect. Exactly. And they wrote a away. I mean, what more could you ask for, both in the beautiful? Who are you trying? Are you trying to get yourself canceled? <laughs> <laughs> and where's Sheila? Oh. Where is Sheila? Oh my god! I think Sheila well, we know that, up in the attic somewhere. Well, we know that uh, Renna, you know, who plays Quinn, she renewed her contract. Carla Mosley mm-hmm. renewed her contract, so we're going to probably get mm-hmm. some more of that. But I look, you know what? And we all know what Kimberly's up to and whatnot. But they really did put. Sheila, like to me, I w- I'm still a man as a fan. You know, it's like okay, one of the greatest villains of all time. Like she is up there on the Mount Rushmore of soap villains, honey. And you yeah. had her come on and, and looks was- at L six, 
and she is serving mozzarella sticks. She'll, nurse right. Sheila is serving mozzarella sticks. There is something wrong with that whole process. With a latte. With a latte. Right. Right. Cinnamon, cinnamon latte. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's like one of those letdowns. Like, you never thought Sheila Carter, the woman who, you know, shot Taylor, who poisoned Lauren, Amber, sick the dogs on Mike, the security guard, all this stuff was serving stuff at the fell coffee shop. Fell off a like, roof, right? Fell off the hospital roof, roof and survived. Yeah. Fell off the roof, I fell mean, off a boat, was hanging out with Sugar. Sold a baby. I mean, one of the greatest characters ever, Sugar. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. And I paired off with Charlie. Her, her best scenes were with Charlie. That's so sad. He was the father in that weird yeah. show. So sad. Well, no, do you guys think it's because of Sheila... Do you think guys think it's because of uh, Kimberlyn Brown not being available? No, I don't. No. Because you know what? Bold and the Beautiful had the of all of last year's television. When they had Quinn kill Katie in that fantasy scene, it almost blew the internet up. They don't need a lot of time. To blow, to blow the fans out of the water. What they need is a powerful actress like Rena Sofa or like Kimberlyn Brown, and they need an idea that just explodes. They should have had her bash Charlie over the head with his own nightstick, grab his gun, and, and run through Forrester real, you, you know, like battle axe style. Instead, they have her slinging mozzarella sticks and cinnamon lattes. It's nuts. <laughs> Absolutely nuts. I'm... I mean, I yeah. think so, like, last summer, like, Voter Beautiful, I will give Voter Beautiful the props of always doing something completely different. Like, nobody thought in a million years that Sheila Carter would come back to Bold and Beautiful. Like, there, if you, I mean, we thought of it, you know, the dreams, the hopes. But right. when you had her there, and it's like, oh, shoot, okay, we got Sheila. Okay, Quinn. Sheila, round one, round two. Okay, this is going to get epic real quick. And I do fault the writers because it was it was like they were more focused on the Sassy Liam. Was it Sally at that time? I lost count. That Sally, you know that whole, Sally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole thing. Then Sheila, like it's freaking Sheila, y'all. Like she should have been, you know, gun slinging. I mean, Sassy. When Stephanie and Sheila crossed paths, yeah, okay, that was, but that should have been more epic too. I do think though, with Kimberly, you know, with her campaign, I think that did kind of right. put a slant, slant right. into That's it, what I'm into thinking. whatever they were going to do. But then again, it's like, okay, if she started this around September. She came back what? Around yeah, it's a, it's almost a year now. Yeah, it was, it so was the last around, week of August. Yeah, so I say before, you know, obviously CBS, somebody had to know she was going to do this. So if you already know you have a short window, give yep. give the fans what they want, you know. Yep. Like, make this epic. Have her go off, like, have her shoot somebody, you know, and then her leave town, you know. Yeah. And let's follow up and, and say, like, she's coming to Genoa City. Like, Lauren, hello. Like, has anybody even called Lauren and told her – no, that was my I, big argument a couple of weeks ago. No, right. Eric, the best, his best friend in L.A. didn't even bother to take the phone and say, oh, she resurfaced and she don't look like Phyllis no more. 
you, you know. I, see, Mel Young and Brad Bell could have done so much with that. Like, that could have been a two-part episode where she came over to Young and Ross and kidnapped Scotty. Yeah, the crossover, yeah. like, Scotty, when Scotty was there, I had that whole story planned out in my head, and it was a yeah, weird money. Yeah, me, that's true. Sure. It All right, well, that seems like the best, the best segue to go right into the Young and the Restless. Yeah, Woo! yeah. Oh, Jesus. Mm. Well, I, I, I got my notes here, and you guys, of course, whatever you want to add, but my first thing is how long do you think we'll have to wait to hear who's Jack's supposed father is? Of course, <laughs> the name of the father was torn out of the diary. Now, mind you, I didn't get to see today's soap, so this is from yesterday. Mm. Nothing, I mean, nothing today. Don't worry about it. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. You know what? Well, go ahead. No, if you got something to put, add to that, yeah. go ahead. I mean, here's the thing. When it was when when this whole story jumped off of like you know if John's not the father then who is the father? Obviously, everybody kept saying Victor. I'm like really, and I like the fact that Young and the Russell no. played with that like like somebody. Somebody Young and Russell's was following everybody on Twitter and seeing what they wrote because, you know, yep. like everybody said, Victor would have known if Jack was his kid, obviously. Right. Two, it doesn't right. make any sense. You know, this isn't going to be right. like the Jill and Catherine fiasco a couple of years ago, Lord. I can't even remember that one. So it was like, okay, who else is a legacy? Like, you had to think of the 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 legacy of that show. Who else could possibly be Jack Abbott, you know, Jack Abbott. I'm going to still say Jack Abbott until I'm blue in the face. Who is his father? And always said this thing, and personally from day one I always said Philip Chancellor for them to usher in the Chancellor family again. Oh, that's, that's an interesting idea. Because mm-hmm. huh. think about it, they really dropped – I mean, for, you know, those who didn't know, the Newmans and Abbots didn't really run that show until, like, mid-'80s. It was always the Brooks, the Fawcett, and Chancellor. And that's, yeah, so, yep. And, and and through the 80s and 90s and up until, you know, sadly when Jeannie Cooper died, the Chancellor's was, uh, you know, that was that family. You know, yeah, they, they have, you know, Billy supposedly has stayed at Chancellor. They try to keep the Chancellor name in play, but they dropped it. What better way to bring the Chancellor family back than the storyline? Yeah. And they've been dropping right. hints that Dina and Philip had been, you know, rendezvousing. So Yep. Wouldn't be surprised. Hopefully this comes out soon, but at the end game I still want John to be Jack's father and that's it, period. Yeah. End of story. So my next thing is Victor and Nick going head-to-head over Christian. What do you guys think of Victor gaining custody? Any surprises there? No. That was a little low. No surprises, but I have to say I don't see Nick. I don't see Nick being powerful enough as a bad boy. Those scenes yesterday and today felt so flat. I, I, I was almost horrified for Mal, Young and the Restless, and and um and uh, what's his name himself? Um, Nick in real life. He did those scenes? Oh, Joshua so Morrow. Josh, stop. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I. The thing is, is that this is a repeat cycle for for Nick. That 
with paternities. All his kids has had, right. so, you know, they have issues with the paternity. Victor, I mean, this been going on, like, I think all the fans have kind of been, like, going back and forth. is like, what rights does Nick have, you know, versus Victor? And if they were going to bring certain things, like, you know, they brought in about Sharon. And it's like, as soon as you figured they were going to bring her, they that was the target. It was like, ooh, yeah, like, yeah, Nick, you did say she was unfit. Yeah, you know, Sharon lied about the boy's paternity for six months. You know, she did this and whatnot. And I didn't like the fact they used her her illness as a key no. key point. Right. But I mean, sadly, yeah. okay. You know, here's the key. You know, here's the keyest point of here's the biggest point of that of that whole storyline. Okay, Victor mm-hmm. is basically primarily responsible for setting in motion the fact that the boy's yes. father is dead in the first place. So if you're going to oh, yeah. use if you're going to use this to, to arch, arch out the victorness of Nick, then why did Nick blow that right out of the water right yeah, then and there? That, or that was were, me, too. That's what I thought. He, he should have so went after it, Victor just as hard. Brittany should have went after him just as hard. Yeah. I feel so like with Nick, like with Nick, like to me. And look, I like Victor. He's the he's the he's the character you love to hate and hate to love. But he's Victor. Right. My thing is with Nick. I would have said, you know, to Brittany, what my father did to Phyllis, with the whole right. Marco thing. Bring up what he oh, did yeah. to my family. You know, to Jack. Um, you what know, he did with, to Jack. With, with right. Jack, not only that, but we like you know, there's certain things that Nick could have done. And I just feel as though it goes back to something I've always said. Anytime that Nick wants to try to be the man and step up to Victor, he acts like a child. Because it's like, yes. well, I can't yes. get my way. Like Victor always said, the difference between Nick, Victoria, Adam, and Abby is Victoria, even though she's sometimes emotional, she does go at, she does have the balls to do certain things. Abby, she has her own unique style. Adam was never afraid. Of, I mean, he 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 just went for it. Nick is he's half of his parents. He's he's Victor right. Newman's child when it comes down to finances and say I'm I'm Nicholas Newman. I'm you know my father is Victor Newman. Da 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 da. But he's so much like Nikki because he wears his feeling his heart on his sleeve. His sleeve, right? Uh huh. And he can't right. stand Victoria. up to Victor. Victoria would have slapped his mustache around the backside of his head. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then she would have, then she would have said, "Brittany, can you ask my father who's actually responsible? Who teamed up with um, crazy? What's her name? And, and is actually responsible for my nephew Christian's father's death? Right there, right in the hearing. That's the difference between Nick and, Victor- and Victoria. Right. Victoria, Victoria slaps first." and asks questions later. Nick later. asks every single question, and then by the time he slaps, it's like a, a tickle. It's too late, yeah. <laughs> it's not good enough. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. speaking of Nikki, I had there's one scene, well, a couple scenes, but the the last scene with Nikki and Sharon together. Now, oh. Sharon, trying to blackmail, mm. try, Sharon trying to blackmail Nikki, oh. How in the world did Sharon think she'd win against Nikki? I mean, that to me was hysterical. I laughed my butt off. Anthony, go ahead, because I know you got something to say. I I have to give Mal credit for that, 
because we have not seen Nikki in about five years. Not the Nikki that jumped off the pole and slapped the bitch up. Excuse my language, but right. we haven't seen that Nikki in so long. And the shades that were thrown at that table oh. were so phenomenal. Right. Melody Scott Thomas, it yeah. reminded me again why Melody Scott Thomas is nominated every third year in a you know, every third year in the cycle. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. That that was that was juicy on a whole level of juiciness. I love the fact I will say this. You know, I know a lot of people give Mao Young a lot of flack, but one thing I'll praise him for is the way he's rebuilt Sharon up enough yeah. so he can go head to head against yeah. Nikki. Because there was many months ago where everybody walked over Nick over Sharon. It was like Sharon was the freaking Newman's doormat. And now we're seeing a confident, you know, Sharon, yes. you know, going to yes. the like that. I'm like, And he's also good you. with Nikki, though. Because Nikki's yes, been a has. way too long. Way too long. Right. Absolutely. Right. I'm it's, good, them, it's, good to like, the girl, it's good to see the girl power again. Yeah. It's queen versus queen. That's how I, I see mean, it. Yeah. Even, even out. The only thing that kills me in this, though, is the fact that they're stepping the three of them up, because I'm including Victoria in that, is that she, mm-hmm. that Phyllis is paying the price. Phyllis is not Phyllis. I don't know who that pod is that's playing her right now. I don't know what alien no. dropped her off in Genoa City, hey. but that's not Phyllis. And I, 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 did, I said a, a couple shows back, to me, Phyllis is just a busybody. That's all she is. She's either in Billy? somebody's business or she's making love with, with Billy. Yeah, she's, but, become, she's bad become the weirdest combination of Mrs. Kravitz and that's and, right? and, and what's her name from 227. Mary. Right. Uh-huh. No. Yeah. You yeah. know who she's re- <laughs> you know who when I'm watching, you know, Phyllis on, on Young and the Rosses, you know who I actually really see though? And anybody who, who can agree with this then then we, we see y'all that I see Dinah from Gone Light. Yes. I'm not oh talking about God, I'm not yes. talking about the fact that it's Gina. I'm just saying the way that she's playing the way that they're yes. writing Phyllis is exactly how she how Donna acts. You know the Lucy she, the, the Lucy Ethel version of Phyllis. That's what it is. Yes. 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 You are so right there. I'm like Of course okay, she this is. is something Dinah would be doing. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, Donna but- did this with Harley. And am I the only one that thinks that there would be amazing chemistry between Phyllis and Don 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 Kyle? Uh, no. Um, no. I I can't with that. I can't with that. Mm-mm. That's just like Mm-mm. Summer going after Billy. I'm like disgusted. Okay. Yeah, me okay. too. I'm gonna be I'm I'm gonna be really good about this because. Okay, here we go. I feel as though with this whole Summer and Billy thing. I don't think it's going to – no, I'm going to take it back. I do think it's going to go past that line that everybody says, don't cross. I think this is all summer. This won't be Billy. This is – what I see with the summer and Billy thing is the setup for Phyllis and Jack. Okay. Okay, and, and I'm going to owe you one that better. Part. Yeah. I'm going to go you one my, better. Go ahead. Say summer is, the, is Y&R's answer but, to Nell. Hmm. I wouldn't go that far, 
because that means I, yeah, I was going to say I don't think she'll be that bad, but I think no. she's you know she's a mini I, Phyllis, you know, just like Billy pointed Ringo. out to Phyllis. Well, like mother, like daughter. So you know she learned from Phyllis and and what these parents have been told many times. And in real life, your children learn from you, even if you don't realize it. You think they're too young to learn from you. They're not. They're taking notes and they're taking heed and they're going to, you know, end up just like you in some ways. And I can say that for a fact. I could say it for a fact because my daughter's exactly like me and sometimes that slaps me right in the face. See, that's not always a good thing. <laughs> and the thing is, you said with Summer, like, I love the the, the the return of Summer. I love this new version of Summer because I, yeah. you don't want a character – you know, the one thing is whenever, anytime these soap characters go away for like two to three years, you know, you expect that maybe they will change, that something has changed in them, that they won't be the same as before. <laughs> so it's refreshing. It's refreshing to see that Summer, yes. who was like, you know, yes. that's my yes. super girl. That's my super girl. Now she's a super bitch. Sorry, Pump. You know, and you know and she's what? Coming she's, back. she's also. She doesn't care. She, She's also kind of like taking on the role of the old Abby, too, if you think about it. True. Oh. She's a mixture. Yeah. She's a mix of of old school Phyllis, mm-hmm. a little bit of when Nick had Nick an edge. Okay. Remember when back in the day, like mid-90s, Nick had an edge, you know. She and not only that, but like she said, she's tired of always being the doing right the right thing and still getting screwed over, which is right. true. How many times does Summer get screwed over? I mean, her boyfriend got. I mean, her aunt Abby screwed her boyfriend, fiance, whatever. Her parents are crazy. Sure, yeah, I mean, you know, couldn't couldn't yeah. couldn't um Auntie Lauren bring her to uh to L A and introduce her to Hope and let them hang out for a week? Anthony, (laughs) Anthony, I said, this is what I actually said. I said this a couple of times. The way that Summer is acting, I wish they would have did that with Hope. With Hope. Thank you. Thank you. I said that from jump. When Hope came back, I was like, okay, have her not go back into this triangle with Liam and Steffi. Have her come in with more confidence, an Italian guy, fashion designer, model, I don't care, you know, who – and have her be more like I'm better than this. I'm better than this, Liam. I'm be- and oh, okay. right. The disappointment. Right. Yep. Well, totally I agree. A public service announcement for the moment, and say that there is a change.org petition right now for Nichelle um, um, Hillary, Nichelle uh, Morgan. Uh, mm-hmm. If you love Hillary as much as some of us on this call do. Please go to change.org and and voice your thoughts because there is a huge backlash on her leaving, and we'd like to we'd like the idea that like Liz on General Hospital, we could quite possibly convince the tides that be to turn, and she could come back. Yeah, that shocked me Change. big time when I heard. About I that. I was floored when I heard that. I just couldn't believe it. I mean, as much as I can't stand Hillary 99% of the time, that's who her character is, and that's who we look to watch. You know, and she's right. She's front burner, like, 98% of the time, you know, on every day, and 
and all of a sudden now she's going to be gone and she's pregnant and she moved in with with um what's his name? With Devon. 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 Yeah, and and he's got this teenage daughter to, you know, what do you call, adopted daughter in a way, you know what I mean, to take care of. And now she's just, what is she going to do, just, like, have the baby, take the adopted daughter and and hit the road? I mean, this just doesn't make sense. The thing is that I said this this from Jump is that, you know, with Younger Rockless, they had to take a lot of their characters and couples and break them down and slowly have a rebuild. When I say the Hillary Devon fans was patient and and they saw, you know, the magic coming together and now like you said, right now it's the height of their rebuild of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And not only that, mm-hmm. but you're seeing a little bit and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I've seen a little bit of old school Drew and Neil with Devon and Hillary. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Especially with with Shauna. That's the girl's name, right? Shauna, the the mm-hmm. the, the teenager. Right. Yeah. I'm seeing a little bit of that. Like history, you know, the fact is is that, you know, Devon, you know, we all remember how his his storyline started. He got taken in foster care and stuff. Right. We Even know Neil brought that up to Devon when Devon yeah. was like, I don't want her living with us, you know. And Devon's like, uh, well, if we didn't help you out, you know. And I'm I'm also going to throw out to the powers that be, uh, Mal, paging Mal, that if, you know, if you've run the the core burning of Devon and Hillary, then there's a magic opportunity, pair her with Nick, with Nick wanting to go bad boy, with everything going on, the chemistry between them would be amazing. The fact that she's become such good friends with Phyllis would throw such a kink into that. Tarot with Nick? True. What about Devon and Phyllis? I think Phyllis wants, still wants Nick. She says she loves Billy, but I think she still wants Nick. Absolutely. Yeah. I was thinking about that, too. It's like, okay, Hillary, Nick, Hillary, and Jack, Hillary, and Kyle. But then I, then I saw what Young and the Russells did. They thought they were shaped. They thought they were slick. I did see that, that scene when they had Devon and Abby. And I was like, oh, okay, so y'all doing a chem test with Abby and Devon. Okay. I, I caught that. They, I was like, all right. They've done that like three times already. They've thrown Yeah, and uh-huh. like you said, that could work. That could that's work. You know, we said that before on previous shows. Yep. But and that's what General Hospital used to do with us with Nicholas and Connolly. They gave us a couple mm-hmm. of moments where we thought, okay, here we go, here we go, here we go, for it uh-huh. never to happen. But then but think you know about what? it. At the same time, they were throwing Nick and um, uh, they were throwing Devon and Abby together. They were also testing Hillary and Kane. She had, that's she true. had, yes, and that's another lost opportunity. That would have been a lot of fun to watch them play. That out. would have been interesting. But you know what? I think, and this is me just saying this: if we're going to do Devon and Ab- Abby, if they do, if Young and Russell do, does do that, that means that Neil and Ashley would be in each other's orbits which means that I can probably get my freaking couple that I've been waiting 20-something years for of Ashley and Neil. Oh, my God. That's a double double off the good humor truck ice cream swirl. Yes, yes, and yes. We even came up with with the mush name, the the, the couple name, Nash. Mm -hmm. Uh That works. I would do a dash for Nash. Uh Uh-huh. 
A dash for Nash. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Okay, kids, we're down to 12 minutes. Let's hit on GH because we could go on and on all day about Y&R. <laughs> Same thing with do as far as I'm concerned. Okay, so I saw something that said there's going to be a baby switch concerning the adoption. I didn't read it, though, because you know oh, me with spoilers. Whoa. I don't like them. So who has the feeling that Lucas and Brad's are going to end up with Nell's baby? I've been saying that for two months now. Absolutely. We've been saying that for a while. Absolutely. You're going to pull the rug. It's the last double ditch. Nell's out. Nell's on her way out. It hasn't been announced yet, but all the signs are pointing to it. There is no way to receive your character. Um, Nell's finally gone. We're going to find out when Brad and Lucas have had the baby for about two months. We're going to find out, oh, bing, bang, boom, and bing, bang, boom. Monica, for whatever reason, switched to paternity, and Michael was never the father in the first place. Bing, bang, boom. We thought this with Maxie because it was like Maxie and Nell were both pregnant at the same time that, you know, Peter had the baby, you know, was there with the baby. It could have been an easy switch. You know, something happened with Nell's baby. That was the, I think that was the original plan that General Hospital was yep. trying to do, but I think something happened behind the scenes where it was like, Okay, we can't do that, or else they've been, you know, or else, you know, the writer saw what everybody was saying on Twitter. The thing is, is that with a baby switch storyline, I mean, personally, I, I, if this was a couple of months ago with Maxie, I would have been interested. I'm not interested in it now, but I am interested in something else that they could do with now and that baby is, you know, everybody has been saying that it's not Michael's kid. It's kind of, I mean, it's kind of, you know, nice that we know Chase knows her. Hmm. Right, yeah, that hmm. was another thing that I was thinking, too, is is I wonder if possibly, I don't know how much time span there was, but could possibly Chase be the father? And, um, you know, <laughs> I, yeah. I'd like to see that play out. I mean, I was surprised because like, I knew – by, again, the title of the spoiler, you know, that somebody was going to come and then Nell was going to be shocked. I didn't expect it to be Chase. Oh, I did. I mean, that was another thing that I, that if you guys remember, I, I thought that he was going to end up being best friends or some sort of involvement with her ex-fiance. Um, mm-hmm. this, this was even better that he fell for her. And, and was her scapegoat to get get out of jail free, you know, card. Don't pass go. Don't yeah. collect your $200. Oh, and by the way, impregnate, impregnate me. I've got pass go. Boom, bing, bang, yep. boom. Ding, ding, ding. Yep. This, so I this can get is some money. Year, yep. This mm-hmm. is a two-year storyline well, written and, in the stars. Yep. And and if this turns out to be, you know, Lucas and Brad gets her baby and, you know, she's boxed into a corner right now, maybe they put her in the insane asylum because I don't think she'll go to jail. Um, you know, a couple months down the line, she could come back and say, go to Chase and say, you know what, that's your baby. And then here we go with a whole new storyline of Chase going after, you know, Lucas and Brad to get his baby. I'm just waiting for I, I don't see her going to a to a you know institution. I can see her going into a grave. Uh, I can see a Who Killed Nell storyline. You think so? I really would hate for her to leave. I mean, I I like her as an actress, and I it just I don't know. I mean, I like think about too. how they they redeemed they redeemed um, Roger Holworth on One Life to Live. I mean, he was a rapist. 
Well, I mean, oh, you look wait. at general. I mean, I mean, here's the thing with with general hospital, and this is just my opinion about it. Is that I don't. I mean, I would agree that they should, you know, have her written off the canvas, and then, you know, months later she comes back for a a story arc. General hospital, you hear that? A story arc, not a yes. full year. A story arc. Our right. Diane and, Jenkins. And ha- yes. Right, and have her do that. But the way that I mean, the way that they have Carly, Sonny, Jason, you know, now Michael's kind of like turning and kind of thinking like, mm, and then you got Chase. I mean, I do, I, I, I feel as though General Hospital is going to set up a Who Killed Nell storyline because they really haven't had one in a very long time. Like, a, mm-hmm. well, like I, I say a what, murder wait a minute, wait, they haven't had one, but you know what I'm thinking the murder mystery is going to be, Dr. Bench. Uh, Interesting. I mean, uh, I mean, well, we know I mean, it's, I, I, it was originally going to be who killed Peter, but now they signed him yeah. on and he's staying. So they yep. scrambled with that. Shocking. They scrambled with that because it was originally going to be the who killed Peter story. That was going to be the whole summer storyline. So they think, do need well, to fix how, that quickly. Yeah. I mean, the thing is with the Dr. Bench thing, there's three ways they could do this storyline. They can either have him go to jail, have him, you know, move out of town or whatnot, or, you know, sadly, you know, and sometimes this these things happen. I don't know if General Hospital would be bold enough to do it, is that, you know, if Dr. Bench loses his practice, and the respect, I mean, obviously the respect of the community and whatnot, and he goes down that deep, dark path, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Like, there's only Suicide. another alternative. Yeah. Oh. Suicide. I was thinking that as well, you know, because that's prevalent in today's society. Unfortunately, right. there are too many people that are committing suicide, and that yep. would be a thing to spotlight. And, you know, Dr. Bench would be a good one for that. You know, Although I hate to see... James DePaiva go, but I, I he's too creepy for me. He should have been Jeff Weber. He should have been Jeff Weber. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And that it would be a much more powerfully, uh, um, you know, prevalent story if if right. if Kiki killed herself rather than if Bench did it. If Bench drove her so, you know, with all of the the stuff that's been in the media, especially with that girl that the fourteen year old girl that press her boyfriend into killing himself you know with him being that creepy that she you know Ava being her mother him being creepy you can't having never having love you know the only one that really understands her is Franco and you know for all intents and purposes he's a reformed psychopath himself I'm just going to take myself it'd be much more powerful with Kiki than it would be with with um Bench himself I'm I mean we're down to five minutes just so you know. Okay. Do you think well, GH would do it, though? No, I don't. GH doesn't have the balls to do it. Gage would do it. Uh, GH wouldn't do it. And now, unfortunately, I have to I have to bring up the elephant in the room. Drew, Jason, Sam, mess, what? Fell flat. Fell flat. So, so badly fell flat did that fall. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not... I'm not saying anything else because I feel as though, like, that has been my biggest pet peeve with GH for five years. 
because, you know, with the whole, when the first time that it was announced that Billy was Jason, you know, that whole reveal, like I said, the storyline fell flat. Kelly Monaco, Rebecca, Rebecca Herbst, and Laura Wright saved that storyline. This time yep. around, completely. I can't, I, there was no way. And it's sad because it was such big hype. They kept saying this is the umbrella storyline for nine months. No, it was the Peter storyline that was the umbrella storyline, Frank. You just had, I don't know, and I don't think they can even, it's too late. We should have been known what's happened with yeah. Jason the last five years. We should know Drew had his memories back. We should care less more about Oscar. Yeah, I said it like that. We should, you know, have Sam. I, I mean, and it's sad. It's really sad. Sorry, General. It is. Now we're I'm down to three to minutes. So let me put these two things out there real quick because I think you'll agree. Uh, mm-hmm. Griffin and Kiki slept together, and I can hear the bombs literally going off now when Ava finds out. And Mutcher mm-hmm. has lost her mind. <laughs> Again. And I love I love that. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. I'm so happy for Nina. I'm get emotional. Sorry. The only thing that would make that portion of the storyline better is if Lucy would somehow stumble in and have to be taken hostage, too, because anything with Lucy is just better. But um, I know, you know, right? Absolutely. Could you imagine? I, my dream storyline would be for her, Franco, Lucy, and Maxie to go on a road trip to find, like, you know, the Hope Diamond that they have a clue to, as to you know what I mean? And, and go on a road trip together. That would be the Ooh. best storyline ever. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. All right. And real watch. quickly, there's one thing I'm, I'm curious about, and you guys might be able to answer this because for the life of me, I can't remember. Um, what am I missing about Liz and her family? Franco wants them there for the wedding, but she refuses to even invite them. Me, me. What am I missing? What we're missing is they're all being held hostage by Grandma Audrey with with her boys in her attic. Mm -hmm. That's what you're missing. That's pretty much it. Okay. (laughs) All right. All right. I get it now. I just couldn't remember. No, they're Sarah was a nothing character. Obviously, Jeff. We don't really know Elizabeth's mother. We don't really know her. Um, nope. Jeff Weber, you know, is too. Monica's too old to have a love interest, unfortunately. And I would love to actually see her come back to the forefront a little bit. So bringing Jeff Weber back really brings nothing to the canvas. We don't know Elizabeth's nope. mother, and Sarah nope. was a nothing character. So quite honestly, the answer to your question is is nothing. Let's see. Let me see. Twenty years ago, they went to Colorado and then to Africa, and then the sister, and then um, Elizabeth came, and then you know Elizabeth had been through so many traumatic events in her life, and not one phone call from her parents. Then she, you know, gets a sister, Hayden. They right. brought Jeff Weber on for that. Yep. Uh, her, before that, her brother Stephen was put to jail. Father could have came for that. Basically, General Hospital has been teasing us about her parents for the longest time, and I think now. If anything, if they were actually, if GH actually is serious in committing to bring the Weber Hardy family back to the forefront of that show, I will probably pass out. Yeah. Okay. And one more. Okay. I'm so well, sorry. We're down to so sorry, 45 seconds. They're in Ferncliff. Where the hell is Heather and Olivia? They're in Ferncliff. Well, that's Fern what Cliff. I was thinking, too. Where is my crazy oh my Heather? God. Where? That's what I, I was thinking, too. 
Yeah, I know, right? All right, guys, we've got to wrap it up in 30 seconds here. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Thank you for Michael Caruso and Kyle Lauder. Be sure to watch uh, Ladies of the Lake Return to Avalon Season 2 due out on Amazon June 19th. And if you haven't seen Season 1 yet, go watch it now. It's still available. Don't forget to leave your review. And we're down to 10 seconds, and we have a show coming up possibly June 21st, so watch our social media. Good night, everybody. Thank you for joining. Good night. Good night. Good night.